Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, June 6, 2023. Today on the Ether, TFM and the Bad Kids talk about NFTs and bad kids and TFM probably. Hosted by Rebel DeFi. Let's take a listen. BM to you, sir. Can you hear me okay? Hey, I can hear you. BM to you. Just having a look around, I recognize some of these names. No, oh, we got some after the filters there. That one bad kid. Yeah, yeah. I know that uh, Steve is uh, listening. I think he might be driving right now, so I don't know if he can talk, but he's one of the creators of After the Filter. Oh, wow, right. Yeah, I saw you on Don's show a little bit ago, and there's yeah, there definitely some sound troubles on on that episode. Hopefully Steve can hear. Yeah, me. yeah. It it wouldn't be it wouldn't be us if there weren't some technical difficulties. I, I read afterwards that you and I think you're doing some doing is it a validator with Dawn? Oh yeah, well we've there's been a bad kids validator on Stargaze for probably close to a year now. Um, so yeah, so that's been going. Uh, Don helped get that set up. Awesome. Well, I mean, while while we're waiting for people to drop in, I mean, I'm hoping this is going to be some kind of like audio record. We've got Finn from Terra Spaces recording for us, and um, and as we sort of move into the next cycle, more people are going to be exposed to your projects. Um. So, mm-hmm. would you like to give us a sort of introduction about who is Cortland, how you got into NFTs, how you found Stargaze in the cosmos. Yeah, yeah, sure. So my background is I was a, uh, I was, a, I studied film in college, um, went to art school, uh, did like a lot of other design uh, type stuff while I was there. And out of college sort of ended up working in the games industry, uh, mostly doing like user interface type work. Um, but still kind of doing, you know, my own art on the side, uh, keeping that going, just always having, you know, weird creative projects going, uh, usually that, you know, didn't actually result in me making any money. It was always, I was always losing money on them. Not that that was, you know, the point, uh, but yeah. And then, uh, you know, I was, I was interested in crypto, like I'd gotten a little bit of Bitcoin, you know, when I first learned about it in 2014, uh, you know, so it was like really, really cheap back then. I definitely didn't hold on to it. Um, but I, you know, kind of understood the concept. I thought it was interesting. And then in uh, 2021, like, you know, there's, I kind of missed the DeFi summer, but, you know, there are people, 
you know, friends of mine were like, hey, you should really look into crypto. There's like a lot of much more interesting stuff going on with it now. And uh, NFTs were a thing already. And uh, yeah, it just seemed like there's like a lot more um, weird, fun stuff happening with crypto. So I started paying attention to that. And, you know, like I really, I liked the Cosmos ecosystem. And, you know, back then it was kind of, you know, famous for the airdrops. And the first big airdrop I received was from Stargaze. So I already had like kind of like a, a nice opinion of them. And I liked Cosmos in general. Like I, I liked the concept. Um, and it also just compared with like a lot of the other, I played with Polygon. I played with like uh, Phantom a little bit, um, Avalanche a little bit. Like I was kind of trying out all of them in kind of like a shallow way just to sort of get a feel for, you know, if any of them felt like they were really more user-friendly or might be more uh, quickly to like draw on an audience. Um, but yeah, so, and, and Cosmos was one I, uh, like, I liked all the, the chains on there because there was, um, there was a little bit, like, I don't know, it felt like all the other places I would be going to these exchanges with like cartoon animals and stuff. And it, it, it feels weird to kind of throw a lot of money into something where it's like, okay, now, you know, like click the talking goat to, uh, you know, exchange this for this other currency. Uh, it, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, Cosmos seemed slightly more mature in that way. Uh, and then, yeah, so I got the stars airdrop. Um, and that's kind of when I became aware of Stargaze. And I, you know, not long after that, I think I saw that they were um, accepting applications for like Genesis projects. Um, and I had started working on Bad Kids, you know, months before that without necessarily a plan for where it was going to launch, you know, I kind of figured Ethereum might be where it launched just because that's where everything went. Um, and I was, I was really focused on making the art, you know, I'm not, I'm not a genius of marketing, so I wasn't really looking forward to like kind of trying to figure out how to uh, make that work, you know, and it just all the advice I was getting was like, you know, you have to get like, you know, you need to get several influencers to like be, uh, retweeting this, you need to be like on on Twitter every day, like posting multiple times, like just all this stuff that was not really stuff that I was good at. Um, you know, I just I just want to make a cool art project, and so like kind of you know when when Stargaze came along, you know I liked Cosmos already, and it felt like you know like oh if I could be one of the first projects to launch here, you know it'll be it'll be notable for that already um and you know like that'll get it a certain amount of attention and i can just focus on you know finishing this up and making this you know as, as cool as possible sorry that was a really long long answer to your question no not at all that i mean that that was great context yeah thanks for sort of sharing um about yourself so much i i mean one, one thing you mentioned there was that that you started working on Bad Kids months before you even considered launching on Stargaze. Yeah. So, I mean, could you, like, as as a sort of founder of two projects, in a sense, or two projects that we know about anyway, um, I mean, can you talk a little bit about what it takes to put a project together and, like, how much work is actually involved? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'm, you know, the the best example because i kind of 
I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a right way to do any of this, but I, I kind of get the impression that you know a lot of teams are better at you know sort of like hammering away at the social side and community building side, and um, you know like the the art might not be as much of a priority, or they might even you know the art might be done by you know some outside team or something and hand it off. Whereas for me, it was you know the this was kind of like an art project first and foremost, you know, it, it kind of, I kind of went into bad kids almost like it kind of felt like a, a joke about NFTs, you know, because people would always like, you know, friends of mine who are like not necessarily big crypto people would be like, look at NFTs and be like, this is awful. This looks like something that a kid would make. And I think that kind of stuck in my head. And I'm like, oh yeah, that something a kid would make. Yeah. That's, Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, but yeah, for me, it was like, you know, just kind of um, like the challenge of like, how do you take, you know, something that needs to be like a maybe 10,000 piece uh, art series, like how, how can you make that like feel um, original and organic and, you know, kind of like keep it fun um, and, you know, make it something that people would actually like, but also be kind of like not take itself seriously at all. Um, so, I mean, I think for me, just the, the, the reason that this worked, I mean, I was like lucky to be kind of in the, in the first generation of projects to launch on Stargaze, but I was really like, I was really dedicated to making something that was like something I would want to buy, you know, something I was personally interested in. And, you know, so I spent probably like six months at least on the, you know, on the art side of bad kids which seems crazy, you know, when you look at, you know, it was, it was almost, I mean, when I started out, I was like, okay, this will be, you know, this isn't very technically complicated. This will get finished pretty quickly, but there was always just, you know, I'd like find another way of like, you know, doing something a little bit differently or having like a little bit more variety. And like, I'd sort of end up exploring that a little bit more and like refining that a little bit more. And, you know, I, I could, if I hadn't stopped myself, if there hadn't been like a deadline, I could, still be working on it now which is just bad that's that's you know that's my own problem but i'm not always good with deadlines that, i mean that, that's fascinating actually that, that, that it takes or, or can take so long or, or even longer if you don't give yourself a deadline um i mean did you did you do everything for bad kids yourself or was it, did you do the art and then you got some devs to help you with that side of things or how, how did that work? Yeah. So I had devs helping out. Um, so it started as like a, a collaboration, but the, you know, the, the person I was working with didn't have that much time for it. Although he did help come up with the name. So I'll give him credit for that. Um, but yeah, so it, it ended up being mainly me, you know, putting everything together art wise, um, you know, creating all the images and metadata. I had a developer. We had one developer that helped with the launch and then another one that helped with um, kind of tweaking some of the, like the reason bad kids have like numeric stats is because, you know, this other developer helped build that system out. Um, so, so there was some developer help for sure. Like I'm, I'm not a developer. I get, you know, really nervous about launching anything because it feels like, you know, one tiny mistake and, you know, you, you lose everything. Sure. Yeah. I'm just having a look at your site um, at the moment. But one thing that kind of put me off Stargaze initially, to be quite honest, was um, the 
the quick flashing between NFTs. So I, I do have to sort of scroll down a little bit um, just to... Oh, do you mean like I, I don't know. the animated uh, collection images? Yeah, I mean, there's you've got a really nice one in the about section where it's kind of scrolling along. My brain can deal with that, but just the the flashing, like boom, 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 uh, <laughs> NFT, I'm like, oh, slow down, slow down. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it is it's a lovely site just to kind of browse around, um, as far as like a sort of web two type when your web browsing goes, um, and and I noticed that you do have other members of the team, um, still on the website anyway. So are, are they still involved with the project? Um, they're not necessarily, I mean, like Couch and Lamp is someone like I've, you know, known him since before, long before this project started. And he was always kind of like an advisor. Like he, he knew the NFT world a lot better than me. Um, so I still talk to him about it. Uh, the uh, developers are, you know, they're, they're busy with their professional careers as far as I know. Uh, and the the other original collaborator, he's a friend, he's someone I still see uh, from time to time, but he's not involved in the project anymore. Awesome. Thank you for uh, being so candid. Now, I, I noticed, yeah, couch and, couch and Lamp is the janitor. So maybe the janitor is something we're going to come back to a bit later on um, when we talk about your, your newer project. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but, I mean, you, you've, you've, you've kind of alluded to it, like... Um, that you weren't really up for this sort of community building side of things. But yet, it's kind of ironic that, I mean, there really is a, a bad kids community. So, I mean, can you give any indication or do you have any insight about how that came about? How bad kids has sort of become so popular and essentially is like the blue chip Um Certainly the Blue Chip Stargaze collection, and, and, and there's a good case to be made that it's the Blue Chip Cosmos collection. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think a big part of that is <clears throat> the people who kind of got interested in Bad Kids and were really excited about it. You know, it was a pretty self-selecting bunch, and it wasn't, I think it wasn't maybe what you'd consider like traditional NFT collectors. Uh, I think. It was people that were, you know, they kind of got the joke. They uh, they sort of enjoyed the sort of, you know, I mean, I, I think that's kind of the, the kind of fun of Bad Kids is it does look really silly and really cheap and really, you know, it does look like a bad drawing. But if you start to, like, explore the collection, you can see that there's, like, sort of a more uh, sophisticated, like, underlying technical construction to it. Um, so I think, you know, I think people... People appreciate it for that, but I think it was also, um, you know, not not to not to put any shade on any of the other collections, but uh, you know, I, I, it was something pretty original and pretty different from what you'd find on other chains. And you know, I, I think for people that are like building on Cosmos, they don't necessarily want to feel like the you know the avatar that they choose to represent themselves is like sort of a a lesser version of something that's already on Ethereum, you know, like I, I think having, cause you know, I, I don't see any of the cosmos chains as like, you know, these like knockoffs of something better that exists somewhere else, you know, like they, they're all kind of doing their own interesting stuff. And so, you know, I, I get that 
people would want to like have something original that seems to kind of like speak to this ecosystem. And I think like, you know, when you get a bunch of, you know, the, the people that are building the ecosystem, the creators, like when those people start, you know, rocking a certain uh, NFT as their profile picture, I, then I think a lot of other people start to pay attention. And so I, I think that that, you know, that had a lot to do with just the, uh, you know, the kind of, I don't know, the effect of bad kids being sort of like the big Cosmos NFT. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I went on, I went on TFM actually, um, and went searching for a bad kid recently because um, I often wait till foam really kicks in before I think I need one of these. Um, so I think Bad Kids kind of did a 2x, and then I was like, oh, I better buy one now. <laughs> um, so I, I've got my Bad Kid. Nice. Our co-finder. <laughs> nice. Um, he, he rocks a Bad Kid as well. So I, I, I don't use it for my profile picture. I've, I've got Galactic Punk. I don't know if you're familiar with them. but um, Yeah, yeah, I've seen them. Back in the day. Um, and I can see we've got a Skeleton Punk in here. But yeah, a good few Bad Kids and a good few... After, do, you call, do you call the After the Filter NFTs After the Filters? Or what, what would you... Would you call them their different factions, or what's the? Yeah, that's a good question. I I don't know. I've always been. I've just been abbreviating it like ATS. Uh, so maybe that's. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we maybe we need to come up with like a term for the uh, for the uh, the people in after the filter. For sure, for sure. Right. I mean, I don't want to be sort of taking up too much of the airwaves here. So to allow sort of time for questions and comments and ideas, suggestions, whatever from the audience as well. Um, do you want to talk about the first episode? Or, I mean, th this might be a really interesting thing. If, if anyone wants to come up and sort of share your thoughts of the first episode, um, maybe asking a question about it. I, I mean, I just for waiting and see if anyone comes up. I mean, anyway, sorry, Cortland, do, do, you, do you want to tell us anything about the first episode before we start rambling? Oh, I can, I can talk about it a little bit. I mean, you know, it was just, uh, it was, I mean, the first episode was a lot of fun. You know, we, we literally started the script, I think the day of the mint, um, you know, just started putting it together. And it was, you know, it was actually, it was a lot of fun because, you know, everyone, you know, the three of us, like kind of all kind of came to it with ideas. And I think, you know, together we all kind of like shaped it into something we felt really good about. Um and, you know, I think we're kind of hoping to get one out each month. And, you know, it took a little bit over a month. But I think we were kind of also just getting the the process down, like figuring out, um, like, just figure, like, you know, there's three of us working kind of remotely, just figuring out, like, the best process for everything. And then, you know, it was like, it was funny because, like, you know, when After the Filter came out, you know, I, I think I kind of, maybe I just always doubt myself. But I had this sort of like last minute doubt where I'm like, okay, this is like, I'm really proud of this, but I haven't really been thinking a lot. Like, is, is anyone else going to like this like weird post-apocalyptic, silly, like handmade drawings thing? Like, it seemed like, you know, I'm like, oh, maybe this is like, maybe I made something that, you know, just we thought is really like funny and cool. Uh, but then the launch went really well. And then, you know, with episode one, like that was another thing where, you know, when it finally came out, I'm like, wait, did we, 
we made this like weird episode about a guy who's addicted to self-help books and like living his whole life around those. And, you know, like, is this, is this good? Are people going to like this? And, you know, like, I don't, I totally didn't know what people were expecting. Cause it was also, you know, it was like three minutes. So I was worried that people would be like, wait, you made us wait a month for this, for this three minute animation. But, uh, but, but thankfully people, uh, people seemed into it. Um, you know, we're working on the second chapter right now. It's it's fun. I'm 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 really looking forward to making more of these. Yeah, and that's interesting. I wasn't actually aware of the 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 sort of time scale you were hoping to work towards. So yeah, once a month is um encouraging. Um, I mean, if anyone wants to come up, you are more than welcome. As as far as the first episode went for me, I I, I enjoyed the way. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. So I was watching it, watching this guy getting up and brushing his teeth. Um, and I, I don't know if you've heard of a book called Atomic Habits. I have, yeah. Uh, all right. So my my friend, I have not read this book, but my friend's been telling me about this book and then talking about how he just stacks habits on his daily routine. And one of the first things, well, his first one was literally get up and brush his teeth. So I was instantly like kind of hooked. Oh crap, he's doing that. <laughs> um, I wasn't sure. Did the guy then go to bubble gum? I couldn't quite work out what he was eating, or was it sweets or he was eating, candies? I suppose you guys say. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was some sort of candies. Um, I think they were called like sour bombs, sort of like uh, like Sour Patch Kids. I think is, but they they looked like they were bomb shaped. Right, sour bombs, and yeah, I know, I know those sour ones. So I suppose at least he brushed his teeth before he got into that. But like the sort of the personal development stuff, I don't, I don't know. Are you? Are you I, mean, I quite like personal development stuff, so I, I was into it on that respect. But I don't know if you were like taking the piss out of that, or if you are sort of a proponent of that, or like what, what was the sort of commentary on on self help there or, or personal development? I don't. I don't think it was necessarily a commentary on on self help per se. I think it's more like you know this guy. There's definitely people who are addicted to that kind of stuff who are you know maybe missing the big picture. Um, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's too much of a good thing, you know, I I think, and in this case, it's like, he's so, uh, he's so stuck in his own little world that he kind of doesn't quite realize that everyone else is gone. And and like the reason he's sort of, uh, finding success, uh, is because there's sort of like no one standing in his way. It's just like, everything is going smoothly until, you know, until one day it isn't. I mean, I, I don't know. I was I was watching, or, or maybe not even watching it, but the, but the whole premise of the filter is like, I don't know. Do you, do you want to do you want to go through the filter, or do you want to just kind of stay behind for the the normy lifestyle? Well, we're de- we're definitely going to get into that more in, in future episodes. But it's you know it's, it's one of those things where, at least in this world that we're you know putting together it was you know you really you had no excuse not to go through the filter you know if you if you had your life in order um you know you'd you'd really be kind of missing out or not just missing out you'd be kind of like irresponsible not to um or at least you know that's the uh that's the uh you know that's the common knowledge here right i i mean i guess i just have a distrust of 
authority. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe I don't know the full story background, but my in my head, I was like, the government's telling you to go through the filter, and therefore, <laughs> it's, it's got to be a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's definitely going to be those kind of people. And, you know, I, I think kind of the fun of the story is, you know, now that all these people, you know, that went through the filter vanished, it's like the, the people that kind of chose not to are like, you know, left to try to, you know, figure out like, you know, is it, you know, can we go through the filter? Did we miss out forever? Like what's, what's going on here? Like why, you know, why, why did this happen? Why are we still here? I guess that's the, the quintessential question. Yeah. Why are we here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, so looping back on um, couch and lamp, who you're saying is the janitor or well, I think the bad kids project. I think that was actually, uh, I think we, asked him when we were putting together the website like hey how would you like to be like what what is your role in the project and i think he, that he requested to be called the janitor oh i mean, I mean uh, yeah i think it's dope uh, yes i like it, it. It's, it's it's cool um but yeah so so watching this episode and just seeing how things are kind of rolling along brushing teeth in the morning going down the store doing a bit of tidying up and um, build a little janitor robot it's all looking good, and and then and then the bullies arrive. Mm-hmm. So who are they called? The grind grindhousers. Yep, the grindhousers. I mean, is there anything any grindhouser lore you can drop on us? Well, all we really know right now is the grindhousers are all about sort of destroying everything man-made. Uh, they're they're sort of against it, uh, and. We will we'll learn more about them as the story progresses. But all we really know right now is that they are kind of uh, traveling around and demolishing demolishing all the man-made stuff. Okay. Oh, so maybe maybe not just like bullies and destroyers of world, but more so, I don't know, Luddite-type dudes from the future. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they have their own belief system. And there's also, you know, I, I don't think that this... I, I need to get back to the faction videos and, and finish putting those out uh, just so everyone kind of gets the uh, the basic lore. But there's also the trash hoarders, which are sort of the the opposite of the grindhousers in that they, they sort of celebrate and love everything man-made. So they're kind of in, in direct opposition to, you know, this, this faction that wants to dis- destroy everything man-made. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I, let's just get, I, I, it's going to be a bit of a leading question, but... Um... Let's let's have some, and, and before we sort of give reactions to the first episode, I mean, thumbs up if you've if seen the first episode. I'm imagining most people have. If you if you're not driving heavy machinery, um, throw a thumbs up if you have seen it, or a thumbs down if you haven't seen it, rather than a no reaction. I'm just going to assume that the uh, that the guy with the bad kid holding the thumbs up has seen it. There's oh, Steak Cito's not seen it. Okay, Elite, yep. Awesome. And maybe the rest of them are driving forklift trucks. D-Lark, I see you a lot on Twitter. Awesome. So oh, I've, I've seen it as well there. Throw a thumbs up. Um, yeah, so anyone want to come up and share some comments about episode one, more than welcome. I, yeah, looking forward to these other faction report videos or the short videos that you're, you've put out as well. I mean, one, one thing that I appreciated about the After the Filter media um, is that I, I was in Asia for the Mint, and I think the Mint went off when I was sleeping. By the time I woke up, boom, minted out. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I didn't get in on the Mint. 
But and and I'll put, leave my cards on the table. I haven't. I've, I've looked at a number of different M after the filter NFTs. Haven't pulled the trigger on anything yet. But what I, what I really appreciate about the way that you're doing this is it, it's not like token gated. Mm-hmm. Um, like you got so that that's really cool. And I think similar to the way Bad Kids has kind of panned out because you're not demanding anything of anyone. I think it's going to pull more people in to the project without you necessarily doing or actively going out to get community. You're just sort of doing it the way you're doing it. And that kind of attracts people in. So is it, is this like a conscious decision to sort of not market, but it actually is a very good marketing. Is that, is that fair to say? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a conscious decision. Like I, I, you know, I like the idea of just putting it out there for everyone. You know, I mean, there could be people that, discover this organically and don't even realize that, you know, that there's an NFT project associated with it until later, you know, and the, and there's some people who, you know, might be completely put off by NFTs, but, you know, maybe if they see this and enjoy it, you know, maybe they come to it, you know, much later in the story. And so, you know, they, they go through it, they really like it. Maybe that, you know, maybe that changes their mind about NFTs or at least makes them, you know, more, more open to them. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I, I think it's better to, you know, especially with like kind of creative stuff like this, just put it out there for anyone who wants to, uh, to watch it. And, you know, we'll, we'll be doing our best to kind of like have benefits for the, the holders, you know, so that they, you know, have more access, they have more say in what happens in the story. Um, starting with chapter two, we're going to start putting more polls, you know, to the, uh, to the people on discord in the, the verified channels. So if they want to, you know, weigh in on stuff, they might not, it might not always be 100% clear, uh, what they're, what they're deciding with their vote. Uh, but they will, you know, then when they watch the next episode, get to see, you know, that vote represented somewhere. And I, I mean, that, that was, yeah, one of the things I noticed that I thought was really cool um, it was when the credits started to roll, you kind of like name checked the NFTs that appeared in the story. I mean, that that must be amazing to be like a holder of one of the NFTs actually featured. Um, yeah, yeah. A f- I mean, that's- a few of them uh, turned up in the Discord. Uh, I, I know at least one of them said he's, I, I can't remember which one he had, either the robot or maybe one of the uh, grindhouses we see at the end, but he seemed thrilled. Or actually, I don't. I don't even know if it was a he, but th- this person seemed thrilled uh, and was saying that they uh, they they never intended to sell. They were just really happy that they got featured in the story. So that's cool. Yeah, making making people's day, and, and I suppose it's kind of well random to a certain extent that that holders just literally don't know. I mean, the the one at the end when the the grindhouser like chops the head off the the janitor. You, you almost don't know which one it is until it's just kind of a reveal when she turns around. I'm assuming it's a she. I don't know if that was necessarily the case, but that, I mean, that one was only on for a couple of seconds, but that's quite a sort of iconic scene in the first, first episode. Yeah, definitely. It's a very, very memorable character. So with that, we've gone about 35 minutes. Um, if anyone, I can see there's Probably more, oh, I don't know if there's more after the filters than Bad Kids, but about half and half out of the people rocking um, Cortland's NFTs here. But if anyone wants to step up, feel free to raise a hand. We will get you up here. Um, I mean, while we're waiting, 
I mean, some creators do put out more than one collection. Mm-hmm. Um, and some seem to be like a sort of generation one, a generation two of something pretty similar. Whereas just from a sort of outsider's perspective, I mean, you could argue the artwork is kind of similar, the sort of the drawing style, but it, it definitely feels like two distinct collections. And because of who you've got working on each project, it seems like a different team. Yeah. Um, I mean, could you talk on your sort of thoughts of creators launching different collections, kind of like you have done, you've done two, are, are you going to be doing more potentially in the future? Uh, I, I don't have any big plans for future collections right now. Um, but I guess what I, what I can say about that, and this, you know, this is just for me personally, I, I think, you know, it's up to each creator how they decide to approach this. Um, but, you know, Bad Kids kind of grew into something, you know, bigger over the course of the past year. You know, I, I really didn't know that it would kind of, you know, become this icon of, you know, Cosmos. And so, uh, y- you know, I think, I, I don't think I can, you know, I, I need to kind of preserve, you know, the the value for people that bought in at the mint or bought in over time or whatever, you know, like I don't want to do anything that's going to sort of undermine the value of bad kids. So I, th- I think like adding more, you know, adding like a series to a bad kids, I'm sure some people would really love that, but, you know, it, it might also devalue that original collection. Um, and actually, I mean, like I did, you know, release a couple months ago, a collection called bit kids, um, which was these sort of pixel art reinterpretations of bad kids. And again, that was, you know, it was, it was done, you know, entirely by hand. It was, you know, each, each trait was recreated. Uh, and, you know, it's, but there's like enough kind of variation there that, you know, even though they're, they're sort of matched up to the, you know, one bit kid to one bad kid, there's still like some, you know, some subtle differences in the, you know, expressions and stuff like that. Um, and then those were, you know, airdropped to all the bad kids holders for free. So, you know, and it's, Hopefully not a, uh, you know, I was worried that some people might see that as a, you know, even though it's free, you know, maybe that might be a, be looked at as like sort of devaluing the collection in a way, just because it's, it's sort of a derivative in a way, but, you know, like a a derivative that like a ton of, uh, a ton of work and effort went into, Um, but people seem to be mostly pretty happy with that from what I could see. Um, But I knew if I was going to do another project like it, it kind of need to be in a different space from bad kids like bad kids is a pfp you know it's got a very specific art style um you know after the filter like i'm not the artist on after the filter like steve is uh but he's you know i've always loved his his illustrations um and you know i i think that kind of um you know slightly low fidelity kind of like loose handmade style is pretty uncommon in nfts and you know like i've I'd, I'd always seen his like illustrations in the past like on paper you know so they were always black and white so just the the black and white and the hand-drawn is just such a uh it to me it really stands out just because it's so so different in terms of like looks and so just having uh having that style but also sort of having it be the setup for a story you, to me it, it was 
even though I think it would, you know, maybe appeal to some of the same people that bad kids appealed to, it's like sort of a really different um, proposition just in terms of what we're trying to do with it. Um, so to me, it felt like it was like in a different enough space and it was, you know, with a, with a team of other people um, that it wasn't, you know, it, it's not trying to like own the same space as bad kids. It's trying to do something different and something original. And uh, yeah, so it, I think it's, you know, I think you got to be careful about going back every so often, you know, to the, you know, to the, the people that already sort of bought your artwork and sort of asking for more from them. Uh, so I've been trying to be, you know, really careful about that. Like, I, I, I want to have a lot of respect for the people that are like, you know, buying these NFTs and I want to make them feel like, even though I never, I would never promise anything. There's never been a roadmap or anything like that. Like I want the people that kind of come in in good faith and you know pay for this thing that I made to feel like what they got was worth it. I appreciate that. Yeah, full um, discussion of your separate projects. Now, I mean, I suppose there's that meme that's been going around on Ethereum about you, you get nothing. Um, <laughs> I suppose with bad kids, you get you, you get a bad kid. Um, feel free just to totally ignore this question if you don't want to sort of go in this direction. But it it just made me start thinking. Like, is I mean, do you have another job, or is is this are these NFT projects? Is like, is this your how you make your living? Uh, yeah, for for now, this is my job. Um, you know, I've I work in design and uh, and you know, user experience. Uh, that's a thing I've done contract work for, you know, pretty regularly in the past. I've done, you know, animation work for you know, like motion design type stuff or, you know, like a lot of different clients, ad agency type stuff. So, you know, it's, if I, if I need to pick up other work, I, I can do that, but I, I really want to focus on this stuff for now. Um, and, you know, kind of give the, Give this a give this like my full attention. I mean, to me, I, I'm, I'm I'm I like I feel very very lucky and very grateful that I'm sort of in a position where I can sort of be, um, you know, basically be a digital artist full time. Uh, so I'm, you know, I, I want to make the most of that. I don't know how long it'll last, but you know, like let's 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 hope it does last. So far, it's been good. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, long long may it continue. There was, I remember an NFT project, I think they've now rebranded as just Anarchist. Um, but their thing, and they was launched, I don't know, over a year ago now, um, on a different LOA chain. But, but they were talking about doing a sort of comic book style sort of story with the, the NFT characters involved in the story. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, after the filler really does sort of hit that. Um, spot for me so I'm, I'm do you know did they did they manage to get the comic book out well i think they're anarchists now <laughs> okay um there's a guy called deployden who i believe they're they're, they're in, so actually new york people i think um i've not really been keeping up with them recently but it, it, it was anarchists on terra and <laughs> so that didn't um it didn't end well yeah that's um, true but, 
Well, I mean, Terra, Terra is total anarchy now. So um, maybe. Well, I suppose, yeah, that's yeah, one way one way of looking at it. Um, I mean, you mentioned you mentioned BitKids. Now, I had read and like, and maybe it's like um, your brother in inverted commas, but I, I'd read it was yeah, your brother that did that collection. So is is that is that you as well? No, no, that's actually my my literal real brother. Uh, he's he's got his own. Uh, Twitter. He's Pixelgeist on Twitter. Uh, P-I-X-L-G-E-I-S-T. No, no E in the pixel part. Um, but yeah, he's, I mean, he's someone who's always been super talented at pixel art. And, you know, before I was even working on Bad Kids, I would occasionally stumble across like pixel art, um, you know, NFTs, because they were really common. And I would show them to him when like I, when I, ran into him and he would always be like, Oh God, this is so awful. Like he's very, he's a, he can be a very cynical person uh, at times. And, you know, he, he likes some of them too, but I think, I think he had like a very cynical take on NFTs. And then, you know, when, when bad kids kind of succeeded, I, you know, I was like, Hey, can we, can we do like an experiment where you just kind of, like I sent him a few just bad kids just to see if you wanted to try doing like a one-off, uh, pixel art reinterpretation and uh and that worked you know or i was i was really kind of like enjoying the you know see comparing them like side by side and seeing the kind of like seeing just the kind of like creative reinterpretation um and so then you know we had him do a few more and then eventually like he was he was generating pieces and i was kind of doing the the tech part of like slicing up all the pixels and you know, putting them into the same engine and getting the the original bad kids sort of like combinations to be sort of rebuilt using new artwork. But yeah, that was, I mean, it was probably about the same amount of time that it took the original bad kids to be built. Um, but in this case, you know, he was, he was doing all the art and I was just sort of like serving as like an editor, you know, and like kind of asking for revisions for some things and then just, you know, putting it all together into the engine and having it, you know, spit out these new characters. So, so your real brother then, okay, is on Twitter, Pixelgeist, P-I-X-L, so no E in Pixel, mm -hmm. G-E-I-S-T. Yes. I mean, yeah, if you're, if you're into bad kids, if you're into ATF, maybe we should go and give Pixelgeist some followers. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's been posting like a lot of uh, just, I mean, I think he's just doing like a lot of random pixel art to keep himself sharp, and he's been posting that on his Twitter. So it's it's really fun to watch. Absolutely, I'm looking at one a, a trusty sidearm, um, pretty dope looking blaster type thing, um, that may well be in a pixel hand tool's hand or something like that. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Okay. So we've gone about forty-five minutes or so. There are, I know, there's some um, bad kids in the audience. We've got um, another pixel artist in the audience who's coming out with a collection later this week. Keeks. Um. If yeah, if anyone wants to step up, it literally is now is your last chance. Um. Otherwise, we'll start to wind this thing down. But I mean, Cortland, like what? I mean, what? What's your um, can you talk about what you see as the future for Stargaze NFTs in, in potentially a sort of ideal world um, or, or just what you think in reality is going to happen with, with the app chain? 
Oh, I'm I'm really bad at those kind of predictions. Uh, so I'm just kind of, I mean, I, I, you know, we've seen Stargate has come a long ways uh, in the past year. Uh, you know, it, it keeps getting better. I think it's it's encouraging that the team is, you know, just as dedicated as ever. They're still building, you know, they're still adding new features. So, you know, I feel good about Stargaze. I, I think they're they're making the right moves. I mean, you know, the, the stuff I would like to see personally is just, I would like to see, um, I'd like to see them onboarding more artists that are not necessarily uh, crypto native or, or people that are, you know, people that might be really talented digital artists, but are just not that well-versed in the crypto world. Um, you know, like, I think part of the, the, a big part of the success of After the Filter is I was working, you know, with an amazingly talented illustrator and writer. Like, they're, they're both geniuses and they're both not, you know, like native crypto people at all. Like, I had to, you know, kind of walk them through just like the really basic stuff. Um, but, you know, I think having them in this space, like, I, you know, I think we're telling a story that is going to resonate with a lot of crypto people. And, you know, I, it's, you know, I think it's it's original visually. It's like an original story. So I think just getting getting more people that are not necessarily attracted to this space by default, you know, getting them onto Stargaze and making art will, will be, you know, a great way to like ensure the future success of uh, a Stargaze and, you know, NFTs in general. Like, I, I think we we need to have more people that are not just part of this like small crypto club that are you know participating in this yeah i think that's a really important point actually because if you yeah if if i was to start an nft collection which i'm not um typically i just look at what's gone before and and that's sort of the pfp style thing but like you've kind of shown that there, there are other options for nft collections um and i suppose by getting i mean dare i say real artists into the space then that's going to help and everyone can sort of raise their game. Um, and, and, and great for like the NFT collectors as well, that we can sort of get our hands on next generation of NFTs, whatever that's going to gonna be. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't imagine. So if I carry on. Oh, yeah. No, I was just saying, that's like, you know, that's not to knock the, the other collections on Stargaze. Like, there's some really amazing stuff on there now. Like, I just, I, uh, I just minted the uh, Z Hunters that Anyo put out a couple weeks ago. Um, and, you know, I, I think that mint and go smoothly as they wanted to, but, you know, there's some really cool stuff in there and, you know, just having, just having more variety and more, you know, artists and more ideas in the space is going to be great for everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I bought my Galactic Punk, which, which I bought on mint, um, and that's literally been my only PFP that I've used since, um, PFPs were a thing, or NFT PFPs were a thing. But I mean, th that was literally what an NFT was at that stage. It was like a PFP. Yeah. Um, and, and, and even in such a short space of time, or 18 months or so, there's been such an evolution. So it, it's definitely going to be exciting to see. I mean, as you say, when more and more sort of people whose craft is artistry are coming into the space um, and delivering some exciting NFT action for us all. <laughs> Yeah, I, know, I think it would, it would also be cool to see, you know, just like a, a, an NFT doesn't have to be like a 10,000 piece PFP or, you know, even a 1,000 piece PFP, you know, like people that are just doing one off things. Like, I think it'd be really cool to see 
people just trying digital art, you know, and, and maybe it's just one really amazing, you know, composition that, you know, they're just auctioning off or something. Like I, I, I hope to see more of that because, you know, that'll, that'll be fun. I, like I want to be able to just go browse Stargaze and see, you know, the weird, crazy stuff that people are selling on there. I mean, there's, it's already good for that, but like, I, I want it to be even weirder and crazier. And, you know, people, people doing stuff that's not necessarily like a traditional PFP style NFT. Absolutely. Well, just before the doors close, we've got DJ stars on the floor. Come on up, sir. Hey, what's going on? Uh, I missed most of this talk, so I'll have to listen to it. Uh, <laughs> afterwards, I had a notification set, but uh, I was out to lunch with my mother. Anyways, I had a really quick question for Cortland. I was just curious, and you don't need to go into any detail or anything like that, but on after the filter, are the stats like uh, luck and loyalty ever going to play any type of role in your own personal plans? Uh, for for as far as I know, like our plan is when uh, when characters turn up in the story, like that, you know, those stats will kind of be determining okay. their behavior. Absolutely. Okay, that makes perfect sense to me. I was just curious about that. I just thought that that was an interesting stat and i've always kind of wanted to ask you about that and uh, that makes perfect sense to me yeah yeah i think i think we we're kind of thinking like you know D, D style stats where you have like kind of i mean they're numeric in D, &D but you know like everyone has those yep. values and like if you need to dodge a boulder uh it's good to know you know like what your agility how lucky is. you are yeah exactly no i i definitely played some pencil and paper as a kid and uh but uh, but yeah, that's that's super cool, and uh, and I really did enjoy the first uh, episode of the uh, After the Filter animated series. Awesome, yeah. Well, I I hope you enjoy the next one. <laughs> is it is it soon out? Like, do you have any like time frame? Are they going to be about once a month, approximately, or do you have a general idea? Um, I mean, I think we're targeting like we're hoping to do at least once a month. Like, we're working on the second one right now. Um. And, you know, I think in some ways it'll go a little bit faster just because we have the tools, you know, a little bit more figured out. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I, I don't want to make any big promises. Of like, course, I, I, would, no. I, I know animation is insane and there's so much work that goes into it. But I, I know I watched a really cool documentary about the South Park people and uh, they talked about the process and how it became much more streamlined over time. You know, I mean, they literally started with paper and uh and then as the process went on and on they're like oh now we can just turn one over in two days you know but i mean obviously they have a big team and they've been doing that forever but i did find it to be interesting the discussion of like how animation evolves over time you know yeah yeah i mean hopefully we get to the point where we can do episodes in two days but uh, that, <laughs> yeah. that might still be a ways off yeah that's probably a little ways off but you know hey you know you never know what can happen this space is crazy that's very true <laughs> so okay cool well hey thank you very much yeah thank you thanks for stepping up dj and see i've got someone else coming up just now who is it jeffy 420 <laughs> let's bring you up um and yeah, to respect Cortland's time, and maybe this will be the last question. Yeah, no problem. I mean, I can I can hang around for a few extra minutes. Yeah, I awesome, uh, had a quick question for for uh, bad kids. Uh, just wondering, like, I just was thinking about the episodes that were released after the filter. I think I don't know if it's even possible later on, like once the episodes are done, 
would it be possible to create an actual comic book like kind of like a manga series like based off of what happened in this in the series like i think that would be cool and that way we can actually physically have a copy of it and like only the nft holders of these after the filter characters can get you know nft or get sent the actual comic to them yeah that would be cool i mean we've we've talked about comics just because like we we also like love you know kind of like physical media and like having having those images in front of you is you know really fun so i wouldn't rule it out i mean it's you know it's not it's not in the cards for anything you know really soon but um it's definitely an idea we like so we're we're certainly like open to it um at, at some point in the future cool yeah because that's something that i think that we, we would all like a physical version of what we have like you know it's all digital but something physical would be nice but awesome yeah totally totally and, and yeah, just on the subject of comic books, I was having a conversation about this recently with a friend and, and yeah, some of the comics I had as a child, um, I didn't take great care of them and I think they, they got chucked out, which I was really gutted at to find that can't go back and <laughs> relive the good old days. Yeah, I mean, that's, um, that's probably why a lot of comics are, are worth more, right? Because so many people didn't, so many kids didn't take care of their copies and they ended up in the garbage. Well, that's, I mean, that's, well, not, not that they should end up in the garbage, but they should definitely be read and the, mine were, yeah, well read. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it's been, yeah, brilliant gigs. Know you a bit better, Corland, and, and hearing about your collections. Um, so thank you for taking the time to come and join us. Uh, if anyone's interested, and getting hold of a bad kids and you've not got one already you can obviously jump on stargaze or you can jump onto the tfm nft aggregator um and take a look at the collection there there's no additional charge for buying on tfm one thing we're thinking of doing Cortland is um for collections giving them like a specific short link so that people can just go direct to their collection so for example like tfm.com slash bad kids or bad kids are, or whatever it may be, but maybe we can sort of talk offline about that to to get bad kids their special um, short link, and maybe after after the filter could just be slash ATF. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be that'd be great. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for being here. Thanks everyone for coming and listening. Thanks to Finn at Terra Spaces for recording. So this will be going up um, on the Terra Spaces site pretty soon, I'd imagine. Thanks, guys, the Jeffy and DJ and Stars for coming up to speak. And yeah, we'll see you all again next time. Thanks again, Cortland. Thanks for having me. See you later. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was TFM and the Bad Kids discussing things. Hosted by Rebel DeFi. Recorded on Tuesday, June 6th, 2023. For ter- Well, I know it's not my fault. If they want a better title, then they should write a better title. I'm not, I'm not a writer, too. I mean, I am, but I'm not getting paid to write. And plus, I, I wouldn't want... It's not my space. Well, yeah, but... Whatever. Let me just finish this one, and then we'll, we'll look through the contract, and we'll see what it says. Okay? Recorded on Tuesday, June 6th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support. You know what you could do is find that star's address. Just send me a bad kid. 
Find me one with the exercise. Nice. I'm gonna I'm tell you something. When the world starts to get really bad and these mugs out here robbing, you gonna love digital currency. All these motherfuckers, they be running and gunning, and I'm all like, I'm sitting back just having fun in the sun, and then I'm like one out of a hundred. I'm just building up on it to some of everything we built during the last hundred upsets. You're getting salty, feeling faulty. You ain't no man. I keep robo here, grinning near to ear, throwing up anarchy, smoking toilet trees, spitting philosophies. Look at the dossier, we rack like geography. There's layers to this shit, like it's sedimentary. All these little onion peels getting torn off and buried. Imagine the smell. That shit is a vital experience without knowing. How you will not survive, period. Uh, <laughs> he's a fucking trip, man. To me, if you to me if you listen to this, right, you're getting absolutely fucking ripped to death, like on a spaceship alive, you little troglodyte bastard. I hope you fucking listen, I hope you come to my house, son. I swear to God, man, I've got fucking loads of weapons and my dogs, man. Mate, you just a little rat, man. Go on, fuck off, man. Do one. Fuck off. Harmony. Another one, do you looking for a fucking job? You fucking idiot, you've just been fucking up with this. Fuck off. Try to change the course of the portion philosophy. I'm just here for the corporation sponsor, but bottomy feels like I won the lottery. Like I'm ghosting this pottery. Chill, Demi. Boy, the shit's supposed to be haunting. If it wasn't, ain't no puzzle. You would try to train your muscle. Air dropping like a fatal hustle, but the pay is buzzing. Think of all the loss of crew just to pick up on the tricky custom. I figured all those sub downs would make up for something. I guess it just goes to show the fuck do I know? At least it's quiet over here. I like my little silo. It's better than watching them fight over how to divide my time between. Sitting at the desk and the ride home Devs at Mickey D's, they leeching off that Wi-Fi Zapdos and Moldy shipping more than five guys Console open, waiting for the kamikaze When the flash phone bang, they feeling like paparazzi Snapshot motherfuckers We got layers, meteor, a jawbreaker We cracking a lot of craters We wrapping a lot of pay dirt Maxing out relayers Imagine the smell, five dollar wrench to your Darth Vader It's, it's really funny uh, to us at Binance That everyone here is talking about uh, blockchain attack. We know who all the validators are. We know, we know where they live. And we're going to their house. And we're going to a range. To their big range. And we will attack them at the range. And then we will take their validator node physically and put it in a truck and drive it to China. Right, so this is an extension of the the activities you performed on, on BTC, right? Uh, funding and creating these massive uh, Bitcoin mines, putting them in caves, putting them in, in uh, factories that were abandoned in the past, and also using electromagnetic pulse bombs to detonate uh, the USA and the other country mines, right? So you're now applying this strategy to, to Lunk uh, in order to take over the chain, is that correct? Uh, it's more simple. There's no uh, EMP bomb. It's just a van of men in uh, Balaclava, and they have wrench, and they're taking the physical validators from people's houses. They are usually very fat and they're usually uh, in the shower with, you know, with trying to wash uh, their mice uh, droppings off their uh, clothes. So it's very simple. We just walk in and we take it. But if there is someone who is sitting at the computer or sleeping at the computer, we, uh, we hit them with the wrench really, really hard. And then they say, stop, don't do that again. And we say, that's okay. Just give us your validator note, and then they give it to us, and we drive it to China. Channel spaces.